I am always honored to be uh, to get the opportunity to preach the Word of God. It is one of my favorite parts of my job, um, and I'm honored that to be chosen to do it because it's a bunch of y'all jokers who could have did this today. Uh, but I get the honor of doing it today. So uh, before I do that, I just want to bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I bless the Lord. You are Jehovah, the self-existent one. You are I am who I am. You are Adonai, God, the Lord over all. You are Jehovah Imkadesh, the Lord, my sanctifier. You are Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. You are Jehovah Shama, the Lord who is present. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. You are Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. Every battle I go in, you go before me, you go with me, and you go behind me. You are Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. You are the one who puts my foot on the neck of all of my enemies. You are Elohim, God, the creator. You are Lord of lords, king of all kings. El Olam, the everlasting God. You never were not in existence. You are El Chul, the God who gives birth. Because you are in me, I will give birth. Thank you, Lord. You are my God. You are Jehovah Mephalti, the Lord, our deliverer. We call upon your name today. We, we glory in your presence today. If not for you, we would not be here. We lift you up and we exalt you because you our God glory to your name we exalt you today in the name of Jesus the door the way the truth the life Jesus risen from the dead Jesus Lord over all Jesus the one who conquered death hell and the grave if you feel like you in hell you just need a little Jesus that's all Man, I love Jesus. Anybody love Jesus this morning? I love Jesus this morning. We started a series based from Easter. We wanted to ride the wave of Easter, of all that happened uh, because of Easter. <laughs> we started the series that uh, uh, introduced it last week and we're calling it Ripped specifically because of what happened at um, what happened after he said it is finished uh, but I wanted to today we take another step and uh, we're gonna take ripped and we're gonna take the RIP for the next four weeks that good for the next four weeks we're gonna do something different on RIP most people know what RIP is they say it is what 
rest in peace. It's so interesting. It's an eighth century season or, or statement that came alive when, um, uh, when Christians went to be with God. It was a declaration that because they fell because of God, as in they were killed because they uh, believed in Jesus, the eighth century Christians would say, rest in peace. Isn't that interesting? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, big information history uh, buff. Uh, the Lord uh, did a, a really cool thing and, and sent me somebody who loves information just as much as I do. And I'm grateful to the Lord uh, for my dear, sweet husband, Frederick Chauncey Brown. I appreciate you, sir. You are the man. But as we, as we talk about this whole idea of rest in peace, I want you to think about something, maybe even have a little bit of conversation, get somebody, just one person, because I'm going to give you like just 60 seconds to talk about this one uh, a question. Actually, I want to ask you something. Uh -huh. What, here's the question we're going to answer today. What war, within or without, must you fight to win if you're going to receive your harvest, your miracle, or your dream? Elder Yule just got, got up here and just talked about how the next three months is going to be something serious for some of us who take this season seriously. I don't know about you, but I'm one of them type of people that when Elder Yule say something, I'm going to put, turn on my little recorder. For real, I'm not playing. And I want, I, want to, I want to live by the word of God that comes out of the prophet's mouth. And I think sometimes we receive a word, but we, we take the word and don't do nothing with it. We just let it be, it's words, it's hanging out in the, in the world uh, out there. But I think there's something that, and it's so interesting that God can do anything, but it won't do everything. And I think in this season, it's not just about, it's, it's, not, it's about grabbing a hold to that word, but it's what you do with it that's really going to count. Here's the question, what war within or without must you fight to win if you're going to receive your harvest, your miracle, or your dream. Can you even define it? Can you even say it out of your mouth? Or say it in, in a sentence or a word? What is it that you're believing God for, maybe even before the end of this year or within the next three months? I know there's some specific things that Frederick and I are talking about and praying about and moving and doing things about, but can you do it? Maybe get a little conversation just a little bit for the next 30 seconds. Find one partner. What's that one thing or what's something that you're believing God for? What harvest, what miracle, what dream are you believing God for in this season? That's the question. Find you one person. Talk to them real quick. You got about 60 seconds. And go.
Got to give the other person a chance to talk now. It's good. I like to see husbands and wives, friends talking to each other. What is it? What is it? <laughs> you know, it takes courage to say it out your mouth, doesn't it? Doesn't it take courage to, 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 to put your expectations in the air? It takes courage to believe that those things could possibly be true. That's good. How many of you know, how many of you know, <laughs> how many of you know one, two, three, eyes on me. <laughs> Everybody talking, it ain't really just, it's a bunch. All right, come on, you listening? How many of you know that when you, when you say it out your mouth, you pick a fight? How many of you know if you put your face out there, you pick a fight? Because that's the one thing that the enemy doesn't want you to do is to believe. John said the fight of faith is to believe but when you pick a fight I think the enemy really comes against your peace I don't know about you but I've had my pulse on the 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 whole nation and what's been happening in our nation a couple of things I was thinking about these last couple of days get that first clip that I talked to you about Kenny Reddy uh, one in ten Americans say that they will never get back to where they were financially 12 years ago. One in ten. How many of you heard of the Great Resignation? You heard of it? That was in August of 2020, actually. People started walking off their jobs. 4.3 million people walked off of their job in April of 2021. That's so interesting because there are 5.9 million unemployed Americans, but there are 4.3 job openings right now. 25%, there was a 25% rise in the prevalence of anxiety and depression. Man, that COVID thing had you locked in your house and you thought you were going to lose your mind. Check this out, 34% of newly married couples sky, uh, 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 skyrocketed in America. The divorce of newly married couples skyrocketed 34% during that time. Isn't that interesting? It was specific to newly married couples. Man, but in the face of it all, in the smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, I promise you, I met Frederick on February 1. Our first date was February 8th, and we got married on, February, on August the 8th the following year, exactly a year and a half to the day of our first date in the face of that pandemic. I'm sorry, if you, if you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, you ain't got to live by no statistics. Keep being a, 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 a racially, uh, what do you call it, racial idolatry. 
You know, it was something that creeped up 2018 through 2019. You know, if you, but if you are a black American and that's what you are first, you're in big trouble. Man, I got to keep going, can't stop there. 630,505 divorces in 2021. Check this out, which I think was the most strange and so much information with regard to this issue right here is suicide. Man, I want to tread lightly and delicately, but I also want to snatch the fire out of, out of the demons that have been plaguing your mind and your emotion and your heart. In the U.S. alone, suicide is the 12th leading cause of death. In 2020, 45,979 people died from suicide. But 1.2 million attempted it. Somebody needs some peace. Play that cute for me, man. Every year, one million people take their own life, and suicide is thought to be vastly underreported. Who are these people, and why do they do it? Hey friends, I'm Lacey Green, and you're watching DNews. Got some dark, very dark stuff for you today? You have been warned. Over the past 45 years, the global suicide rate has risen by 60%. In the United States, it's more common than car accident deaths making it a worrisome public health issue. So what's going on? Why are people killing themselves? It's a loaded question, obviously, but researchers at the University of British Columbia are trying to put the pieces together. They just published the largest study ever done on the motivations for suicide. What they found was that many of the assumed motivations for suicide aren't reality. Things like impulsive personality types, attention seekers, or financial problems weren't the cause. For 100% of the participants, they found that suicide was a way to solve a problem. The problem of ongoing and overwhelming emotional pain. The problem of hopelessness so profound that it consumes you completely. It's a dark place that some of us might visit briefly, but then move on from and recover. Suicide happens when a person can't escape their misery. Understanding suicide as a problem-solving behavior is an uncomfortable thing to sit with, but the hope is that ongoing research will eventually help us understand how to help people who are at risk for suicide and to help people who have made a suicide attempt to recover. The question still lingers though, if we know that emotional pain is at the heart of suicide, what causes that emotional pain in the first place? The short answer is, well, we don't really know that yet at all. I mean, it really depends. To demystify, another study released this month by Stanford and Lund University examined suicide trends across 7 million Swedes, and they found that depression was the highest risk factor for suicide. Clinical depression makes someone 32 times more likely to commit suicide, and lots of other mental illnesses are high risk too, like schizophrenia and borderline personality disorder. Some risks are social though, they come from the person's environment. For instance, having a poor social support system, someone who just moved to a new city, who's divorced, who has trouble making friends, who doesn't have a supportive family, or even their gender. Men are three times more likely to kill themselves than women. For men, being young and uneducated are risk factors, but the biggest one is being single. For women, the biggest risk factor was being unemployed. Ongoing bullying, harassment, serious relationship problems, chronic illness, and having attempted suicide before 
I'll raise the risk as well. So if you're worried about someone in your life who's threatened to commit suicide or if you're feeling suicidal yourself, please do take it seriously. We may not fully understand this yet, but that doesn't mean that we can't support each other through it. So reach out as soon as possible and let someone understand the pain you're in, or you could get help helping someone else. Man, it's so, it's so, it seems so light. She didn't give no solution, did she? I mean, not one, just a bunch of information. But isn't it interesting how, how crazy the world's peace is upset? I identify with this place. I told you the story, uh, but maybe you need to hear it again, just a little bit. I gotta tell you a story. It's all about guts and glory. It was all about how pain turned to passion and won't leave you lonely. You know I ain't the only one who had a rough going, but I believe that you're the tough, so let's get it going. My story starts with a dream, something kind of amazing, a supercalifragilisticexpialidocious thing. It was to give away my celibacy on wedding day. Seven months and two days, she shot me a text and walked away. I know what it is to cry. Know what it is to want suicide. Know what it is to be so pissed off I want to take somebody else's life, but his blood-stained light came to the darkness of my plight. Stuck a fight in my ventricles, and I ain't even cynical. I went the whole 3K to pave the way so you can say without delay, my hump don't pump no Kool-Aid. Because I forgave. It's the hero thing to do. Now it's your turn to find the hero in you. I remember my seeing what seemed like my dream walked away and for months, maybe even years, fighting for that place of peace. So I'm not talking at you, I'm talking with you this morning. That good? I think it's important that we understand because here's a question, what does the, the veil, the ripping of the veil have to do with resting in peace? Let's see if we can make that connection today. It was a beautiful partition. Exodus 26, 31, it says, you shall make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet material and fine twisted linen. It shall be made with cherubim, the work of a skillful, work, uh, a skillful workman. You shall hang it on four pillars of acacia, overlaid with gold. Their hooks also bring of gold on, off on four sockets of silver. You shall hang on the veil under the clasp, the, uh, shall bring in the ark of the testimony where within the veil, there within the veil, and the veil shall serve for you as a partition between the holy place and the holies of holies. Then in Leviticus, we get a little bit more inspection. Don't you go over there. Hey, mama tells you that. Don't you go over there. Leviticus 21, 21 through 23 says, No man among the descendants of Aaron and the priest who has a defect is to come near to, the, to offer the Lord's offerings by fire since he was a defect. Huh. He shall not come near to offer the, blood, the food of his God. He may eat the food of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy. Only he shall not go 
into the veil or shall near or shall come near to the altar because he has a defect so that he will not profane my sanctuaries for I am the Lord who sanctifies them. So we have this beautiful box which carries the presence of God behind this wall, 60 feet high, 19 feet wide. The, the material was four inches wide. I'm sorry, I ain't never seen no material that's four inches wide. How do you make a, a, a material? It's like making material out of wood. We have this beautiful place that separates those who are defected and God. The most holies of holies, Bishop, Dad talked about it last week. What they do is they tie a, a, a rope around your, your ankle and put a bell on it. And as long as the bell was ding, 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 as long as it was ringing, that was all right. But wasn't, if you dropped dead, nobody was coming back there to get you. They was going to pull you out by the rope. Because if anybody even touched by accident, this place, this holy place, you would die. Uzziah tried to save the people or save the ark and he ended up dying. Interesting, you know, to ask God those questions. Why would you be so harsh? Maybe just to at least show us that he ain't a plan with you. Turn somebody, look square in the face, say God is not a plan with you. <laughs> then we find Jesus who comes and does what his father asks him to do, Matthew 27, 50 through 44. And Jesus cried out loud, cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I'm sorry, who was getting up there to touch that? I, I'm not going to be the one. From top to bottom, and the earth shook. Get that next one joint ready, Kenny. And the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city, and all a bunch of people saw them. Now the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening, became very frightened and they said, truly, he was the son of God. Check this out, two minutes.
parking. Parking. I believe it was just like that. Like we, we, all we have is the faith that we believe in what the, the words on the, in the book are true, like, right? Because none of us was there. But I bet you it must have been like that to actually have the blood of Jesus on you. <laughs> that joke of these hit the ground. Man, I bet you it was just like that. In fact, Matthew says that when the earth shook, all of those who were around there said, Truly, this is the son of the living God. What does the ripping of the veil have to do with resting in peace? There were three things that, that dad talked about last week that I thought was really, really quickly, really, really good. And I think it's, it bears to mention and remember. And I think it's something that you ought to have in your knower. You know what I mean? Some of them things that you just need to remember that these things happen. There's three things that he says, three things Jesus ripped at the cross. Three things Jesus ripped at the cross. Number one was the veil. So we got the holies of holies hiding behind this four inch thick veil not uh, 60 feet wide, 19 feet uh, wide, and the holies of holies behind it, and we got the veil ripped. So the veil was ripped, and now we have the opportunity. Now, not only do we have the opportunity to be in the presence of the holies of holies, specifically those who believe in Jesus, don't get it twisted. Jesus is the common denominator. All gods are not the same God. I just want to make sure you understand that. There's a difference between Buddha and Allah and Krishna and Jesus. I promise you the principles that they live by, what, is, what, what needs to be done in order to receive the great things with regard to that God. I promise you every other God that is not Jesus requires you to do something to get their blessings. But that God is not going to do nothing for you to be able to do that. Jesus is the only God that I know that leaves all of majesty, stuffed all that inside of humanity to, to, to make sure that, that he goes in your stead with regard to sin because the father way back in Adam's day put a, a law in the, in, the, in, the, in the land that is if you sin, you die. Romans 3.23, as simple as that. But what's crazy is, not only did he put the law in there, but he also provided a way for us not to have to suffer the consequences of that law by himself embodying a human being and lived a pure life and obeyed his father. And when he died, he died in your stead. So all the places that you get it wrong, Jesus comes to cleanse you. The second thing that was ripped was God, Jesus' body. He's the only, his body has the only blood that only works outside of the body. If your blood is outside of your body, it's too late. If your blood comes out, you're done. But when Jesus' body comes, the blood comes out of his body, that is when it begins to work. 
if you believe. Third thing that was ripped was the list of things that keep you from his purpose. Now what dad said was the list of sins, and I, this is what I believe is the definition of sin, is anything that keeps you from the purpose of God. Anything that keeps you from accomplishing and hitting the target for which you were created. I believe that's sin. The sin, the word, is, comes from an, what an archer does. He pulls the, the bow back and lets it go. If it hits anywhere outside of the bullseye, it's called sin. That's a whole lot more than smoking and screwing and hanging with those that do. Some of y'all need to drink some water. I'm going to turn down this way. Some of y'all need to get up and get into that gym. I'm talking about the things that will prevent you from hitting the target for which you were created. The veil, his body, and the list of things that are preventing you from having peace. Irene, I know I didn't give it to you, Ken. Uh, it's E-I-R-E-N-E. Uh, -E. Irene is the word for peace that I'm specifically talking about. What the word means uh, uh, in, 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 in another language is is not the absence of molestation. A lot of people think if you become Christian, you get all the things that you want. You get all the things that you need. And while that's true, the more mature you, got, you get, the more you see that God likes to participate in the miracles that he wants to give you. The more, you, more mature you get, you see how God wants to, to develop in you a discipline, a consistency that will help you to hold and transfer and multiply the miracles that he does for you. Here's the issue. Your miracles ain't just for you, boo. Right, right, right. The idea is for you to be, become a conduit of miracles. But if you haven't had them yourself, then maybe you ought to think about this issue of peace. This definition really simply is putting your foot on the neck of your enemy. It doesn't mean problems aren't going to happen. That's one of the things, no matter what side of the world you are on, we all have in common, and that's problems. Whether you're a baby who can't get the bottle in your mouth too quick enough, or you're a mogul who has to pay somebody else's bills, challenges, things come up, it is, it is something that we all have in common. Here's the question, how do you deal with the things that take your peace? Is your foot on the neck of your enemies? That's the question. I found this verse of scripture, man, that kind of rocked my world. This is what we're going to work from today, and then we're going to get up out of here. You know me, I ain't going to be long but I'll be strong. Ephesians 2, 13 through 19. Let's take this just a little bit slowly. Ephesians 2, 13 through 19. I love it when the word says but, right? Because it means that whatever was before then, we got to think again about something. So you need to go on your own time and go find out why Paul said but. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, 
you were previously were far away and have brought near and have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Turn to somebody looking square in the face say, Jesus is my peace. So you can convince your own self. Turn to somebody else say, Jesus is my peace. He says, who made, he is our peace. Who made both groups into, the, into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. You know what wall he's talking about? That veil. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. He says both groups. What he's talking about is Jews and Gentiles. Any Jews in here? Got Jewish blood in you? All right. Didn't that mean we all Gentiles? That good? Simple as that. Just want to help you out just a little bit. Verse 15. By abolishing in his flesh the hostility which is the law composed of commandments expressed in ordinances. That is the reason why my mom, used to, my mom says this all the time. And this is what I tell uh, uh, people who are upset with the law. My mom said the law is for the lawless. So you ain't got no troubles if you obeying the law. But your flesh, the way your flesh is set up, it ain't always easy to obey that law. It's interesting that the law before Christ set us up against Jesus, against God, which is why the, 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 the veil was set up because we were defected, as it says in, in, in Leviticus. Because in our flesh, we, we are uh, incapable. Not, not, we don't have, it's not about permission. This is about inability to be in the presence of God, in the very, to be, just be in the presence of God, if nothing for our sins. So the law expressed in ordinances uh, puts an exclamation point on all of that. Uh, Expressing ordinances so that in himself he might make the two one person in this way, establishing peace. And that he might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross. Man, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. And by it, having put to death the hostility. So here's what this is saying. It's be, if, if you believe, now turn somebody, look them square in the face because I can't see y'all. Let me just say, say, if you believe. Turn somebody else that you don't know, say, if you believe. Listen, if you don't believe, this message is for you. We're going to pray for you in just a minute. It's all right. I'm going to hook you up. Because this is only for those who believe in Jesus. I want to be very specific. People don't, you know, America has gotten the various two words, inclusive and tolerant. It's those two words that kind of separate believers and non-believers because in this scripture we see very clearly that the cross is the crooks. 
Jesus is the denominating factor. God have mercy on us all. It says, through the cross, and by it having put to death the hostility. So when you believe in Christ, the hostility, the enmity, the, the adverse, the, the problem, the space, the abyss between you and God, because of the cross, it becomes obliterated. And now you can step on off up in there in the presence of God. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away. Talking, about, talking to those of you who have felt far away. And peace he spoke to those who were near. Some of y'all are just like the, the big brother in the, um, in the prodigal son. You live in the daddy's house, but you got an attitude. You near to the Father, but you, you mad. Talking to those of us as well. For through him, we both have access, somebody say access, to one spirit, to the, to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Man, this is so important. Some people feel very far away from God. And the things that have happened in their lives, you blame God and therefore push him away and therefore have pushed away the things that, have, that would be peace to you. And when Jesus gave up the ghost, he was trying to get peace to you. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Some of you have peace, peace in some areas, and there are some other places that ain't got no peace. I'm not talking about just the absence. I'm, I'm not talking about absence of calm. I'm talking about your foot on the neck of your enemy. It comes in your body. It comes in your emotions. It comes in your relationships. It comes in your finances. Some of us have been having peace in, 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 in good in some areas, in, in, in some, some things, you know, you're good. You know what I mean? But it's just um, other things, those are the things that God wants to bring peace in. Problems are, a, are God putting his finger on things that he wants to give you power in. Problems are the guard dogs of power. But the interesting thing about problems is when you, it's only when you submit to the lordship of Jesus do you get the power over the problems and therefore that gives you peace. He wants to give you peace in your entirety, but you got to be sanctified first. God have mercy. Boy, people don't like to think of God having uh, conditions. <laughs> they want all the promises and no, no, no part of their own. There's some things that we have to do in order to get peace. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept 
complete. Some of you are fragmented, broke off in areas in your heart, in your emotions, in your mind. He says, and may your spirit, your soul, your body be kept complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not, it didn't say the second coming. That means he already done came. You understand? You just have to re, be able to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I love how he makes that stipulation because sometimes we come to church, but we don't want the Lord. We go to connection group and have our daily devotions, but we haven't submitted to the Lord. And we wonder why our peace is all upset. No, it's not that popular, but it's all right. John 14, 25 to 27, these things I have spoken to you while remaining with you. This is Jesus talking. But the helper, say, help me, Holy Ghost. Yeah. Don't, you, who, who say that? Somebody that keeps saying that. Is, who is it? You will say that? I know somebody, I know I keep hearing, help me, Holy Ghost. Miss Sandra, I know who it is. Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> But we're going to learn from the folks. If you learn two things, you need to say, thank you, Lord Jesus, and help me, Holy Ghost. I'm trying to tell you, learn from them elders in your life. They'll help you. These things I have spoken to you while remaining with you, but the helper, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. We're not talking about no self-help. Some of y'all can't help yourself. All that positive, uh, uh, the secret and the, uh, what do you call it, a manifestation. You get up in there, that spirit stuff you want to, go ahead. I'll be over here at the altar. He said, the peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your, do not let your heart be troubled. I like this because this, you know, I think when, when Jesus was saying this, what I found out, this is John 14, 14, 15, 16, 17, four chapters, John was being real specific about, I promise you, I feel like John was over there taking notes. While everybody else was eating bread and wine, John was taking notes. And it, it, because we find that there's one part of a chapter that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where um, it tells us about what happened at the Last Supper, just a part of the chapter. But in John, he spends four chapters, four whole chapters, talking about what Jesus talked about while he was giving us the Last Supper. This is one of the things that Jesus said to him. I feel like Jesus was trying to unload all that he could because he knew he was about to go. He knew he was about to put his sheep among wolves. He knew that he was going to put you in a world that hates you. He knew you were going to put you in a place where you were unliked. He knew you were going to be in a place where you weren't the popular one. He knew that you were going to be in the place where you are supposed to stand out, not just do everything everybody else does. I get it. I know alcohol is legal. 
I know smoking a hookah is, 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 is all right. Eventually, I promise you it's gonna happen. Weed is gonna be legal. But here's the question. Do you really stand out if you live that way? Jesus was trying to give to his disciples what they needed to live in a world. Because here's the deal. If Jesus raising from the dead was it, then we'd be gone. But he left us here. He left us here to do something specific. You think your dreams and your harvest and your miracles and the things you need are just for you? No! The reason why you've got to get them is because you need to be an example. Somebody who tells everybody who Jesus is and what he's capable of. And that's why Jesus left peace to you because it's an act of war. It's something in war that you can't get when everything is calm and all right. It's trying to build something in you so that you not just receive the gifts, but you can carry them in a way that you multiply them from yourself. The Lord left peace to you, not like the world gives. I'm not talking about playing that sorry. Talking about that music like that. It ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something down in your knower. That when you see the blood test results, you can say with confidence that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if my life does not pass through the reality of Jesus, then the facts don't count. So I can have peace stand in the middle of all that says, oh, time is gone. Can say to the God who made the sun stand still for a whole nother day. Rewind the clock for me, Lord. Talking about the God of miracles. We've been so concentrated on please, Lord Jesus, please, please, Lord Jesus, please, please, Lord, please. Begging God. Don't you know that you are a son? You are a daughter. You are in the family, the household of God. Stop walking around here with your head hung down. Something is coming. Prepare yourself like God's answers are yes and amen. Talking about peace. It says rest in peace. Sorry, that's a place to fight from. I ain't got to raise my voice. You understand? God's voice speaks in a whisper. Why can't I just agree with what the Lord has said? Talking to you, those of you who need peace. Your foot has not been in the right place. You haven't submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I know what it is, you're an American feel like you have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
But if the joy of the Lord makes me strong, it's not my joy that he's most concerned with. It's his own. And what makes me, him happy is when I'm strong. And what makes me strong is when I'm confident about who he says he is. Hebrews said, I can't even please him if I don't believe in him. Oh, but when I do, I start behaving. When I start behaving like I belong to him, then I can watch things come to me. You, get, you know, you get that anxiety, your thing in your, in, your, in your belly that just, you know, just upset you. Anybody ever had that thing? I promise you that's somebody trying to mess up your peace. We, we've got to figure out a way. We've got to figure out a way to sustain that peace. I'm done. I done hollered at you long enough. Now it works on you. The brilliant thing about being able to preach the word of God is that now all the hearers are responsible. I want you to take responsibility for your own life. Take responsibility for your own peace. Because either Jesus' blood works outside of his body or it doesn't. You understand that we are, we are, the, we are the expression of the glory of God. This is why we have to fight for your peace. This is why you have to go before God on a daily basis. This is why your private life needs to match up with your public life. Because I promise you, I promise you, God wants to trust you with your dreams. We got to make sure your character is straight too. Finish the year. God is faithful. I want to pray for those who have felt far away. You've heard the message over and over again, but it still feels untouchable. Right? You're grabbing for it, but you haven't been able to tangibly experience it in your life. I'm talking. I want to pray for those who feel like their peace is disturbed. That means you have been molested. Your, your, your mind, your emotions have been molested. As in disturbed without your permission. Wrestled with without your permission. Some thoughts you just can't get through or over. Talking to those who have been losing the war against anxiety. I can't stand it. Talking to those who are depressed because of a delayed answer of prayer. You got a delayed answer of prayer and it just depresses you, takes you all the way down. I remember being like that. I remember realizing that probably meant I wanted the prayer wanted that more than I wanted the one who was going to give it to me. My mom says, There, there's, there's, oh, there's nothing that forms character like unanswered prayers. 
God is trying to form your character and you've been resisting him. Why? I, it was something I, I saw on social media last week, I think. And the girl was talking about that verse of scripture where Paul was talking about how I've, I've had everything. I've been lost. I've had a lot. I've been good and I've been bad. I've been whole, whole, horrible and I've been great. And in all of it, I am satisfied. It's a secret that Paul had that we got to get to. It's simply that secret is submitting to the Lord so that he can give you peace where you are. Talking to those of you who really want to be married and your body is railing against you and it's about to be summer and the skirts are about to be coming up here. And you know, I know what you're talking about. I understand. You know how when it, I don't know what about you. When, when it turns summertime, don't you don't want to listen to no Christian music no more. You want to put your window down and bump what you want to bump. But the problem what you're bumping is, is making you want to bump. And that's not what we try to do here. Talking to those of you who need peace in your soul, in your relationships, and in your finances. Romans 15, 13 says this. It's so interesting when I was studying, um, the Lord said this is for someone specific. He says, now, say now. Some of y'all have been waiting for peace and Jesus has been trying to get it to you now. There's something precious about that. I'll let you come in just a minute. Now may the God of hope fill you. Some of y'all got a little bit of joy, little bit of peace, but you ain't full and overflowing so that you're giving it away. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all need to take that right there as a sign. This week you need to spend some time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Stand if you will. I'm talking to those of you who need just somebody to come along alongside you. You know what I mean? You, 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 you ain't, you, you just by yourself. Or you feel, you feel by yourself. And your peace has been upset. We want the chance to pray for you. We want to give you a chance to be, to be filled. We want to give you a chance to completely and wholly in your whole heart so that you can experience all the things. I'm sorry, I don't be, want to just do a few of the things. I, 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 I don't want to just do a couple of the things. I'm not just talking about your, you know, your finances and being married. It's a whole other life outside of that. I'm talking about those of you who really want to be filled and you have felt far away or not close enough. Come, let us pray for you. Those of you who that is you, don't be ashamed.